Hey guys, it's Dr. Childs here, and today I want to talk to you about Hashimoto's disease and um, or Hashimoto's thyroiditis and whether or not it can be reversed, treated, or cured. The simple sort of answer to that is can Hashimoto's be reversed? Yes, sometimes. Can it be treated? 100% of the time it can always be treated. Can it be cured? Um, yes, yeah, sometimes kind of goes back to the same thing as reverse. But I want to go into detail. If you just wanted to hear the quick overview, um, which which I, I think you want to hear more about it, but you you know that's the answer to that question. But let's talk about it. Let's go into a little more detail. So first of all, Hashimoto's and thyroid dysfunction. How do these two things meet? Well, you'll probably already know, but Hashimoto's thyroiditis is an autoimmune disease of your thyroid gland, and this is important. Um, because if it's not treated, it will eventually result in the complete destruction of your thyroid gland. And I have an image here, um, which is of a thyroid gland, which has, um, this is in a patient who had Hashimoto's disease, and this is what it looks like if you've had it. Now, it's hard to kind of compare this because I don't show you what a normal one is, but just trust me when I say this is not what a normal thyroid gland looks like. And so this is what happens if, you, if Hashimoto's is allowed to go, um, you know, unchecked and untreated for a long period of time. It will you know, universally result in the destruction of your thyroid gland, and you will have to um, take medication to to give yourself the thyroid medication that your body can no longer produce naturally. Okay, so that's what it is in a nutshell. It's one of uh, it's it's just an autoimmune disease, and if you didn't know, autoimmune diseases um, there's a lot of different types of them. So I say here, you know, if your body if your immune system reacts and starts to destroy your own joints, that's called rheumatoid arthritis. Um, if your immune system reacts and it starts to kill and destroy your own nerve cells, that's called multiple sclerosis. Um, if, you're, if your immune system starts to destroy your adrenal glands, that's called Addison's disease. So it's the same, similar process. It's not the exact same, but similar process um, happening, you know, or it can happen elsewhere in your body. But specifically when we talk about the thyroid, it, it's happening in the thyroid gland. So I just want you to understand that. Because that affects how, we, how it can be treated. And the big thing that I want to point out here is that the conventional approach to treating Hashimoto's thyroiditis is one of two things. It's number one, pharmacotherapy, and that's another name for using medication, or, and that's it, surgery. So those are the only options, okay? Um, which there's not very many. That's, that's not really a good way to look at it. And, and this is what's confusing to a lot of people because if I, if I sat you down and, and I said, hey, look, you know, don't you think it makes sense to try and, in, in, when we when we look at all the ways we can treat a disease, doesn't it make sense to try and, you know, stop and prevent the disease from progressing? And and I don't think anyone would have a problem with that, you know, theory. They would all say, yeah, that's the way we want to look at it. But that is not how conventional doctors look at Hashimoto's. This is just the way that it is. They don't look at it as a way that they can treat um, or, or that they can completely stop the destruction. In fact, the way that they kind of look at it is there's nothing they can do to stop the destruction. So they take what's called a wait and see approach and they wait and see until your thyroid becomes destroyed enough that then they can give you, you know, that then you warrant taking thyroid medication. And then if that progresses and that doesn't work, then very rarely may you need, you, you know, you might need surgery or some sort. But that is the only way that doctors are looking at, and this is all conventional medicine, endocrinologists, primary care, et cetera. This is how they look at um, Hashimoto's thyroiditis specifically because it's an autoimmune disease and autoimmune diseases are notoriously difficult to treat and so on and so forth. And this therapy that I'm, that I'm showing you here um, is from eMedicine, um, which is a well-known well source. Um, so it's not like this is on the fringe or anything. This is just well-known. Um, but this is the way they look at it. So of course, if you're a patient and and, and by the way, this isn't really explicitly said to you as a patient if you go in. They might just say, oh, no, your thyroid is fine. And they may not even check your antibodies. Um, and again, I'm, I'm just trying to explain why that is. And that's because they really don't feel that there is anything that they can do. 
because autoimmune diseases are so difficult. So they'd rather just wait and let it destroy itself and then give you thyroid medication to replace it. That's kind of how it's looked at. The problem is that autoimmune diseases are very difficult to treat. And so I have another... I have another little red box here, meaning it's important, um, and it's from a study, and it just says that there is no safe and reliable therapy for most serious autoimmune diseases. And the, in this specific example, they're talking about systemic lupus erythematosus. So that's a different autoimmune disease. But the point is, there just really aren't any good um, autoimmune disease treatments from a conventional standpoint. And this is what leads a lot of patients to seek out alternative or, or integrative therapies. And we're going to talk about, you know, how likely it is to be reversed in a little bit. I'm just sort of explaining how this kind of goes to you. So conventional doctors versus integrative doctors. Whenever you, whenever I talk about this or, or, or mention it, by conventional, I'm talking about just the people that you would go see that take insurance that, you know, if you feel sick, that's who you go to. So this, like I said, primary care providers, um, your GPs, your endocrinologists, any of those, right? They're all, they're all kind of fit in that box. Integrative providers sort of live outside of that insurance model. Generally, they don't take insurance. Some do, but generally they don't. They generally charge cash and they generally are more open to other therapies. And so what has happened because of what I just explained to you is many patients, they don't get the right treatment or, or any treatment really. So that leads them to go seek care from the integrative um, doctors or, and, and camp and so on. And um, a couple a couple words of advice though, um, and I kind of outlined this here in this in this post as well. But the problem with that is, in the conventional world, one of the benefits to living in that world is that it's highly regulated. Meaning you can't make a claim or say something without a lot of eyeballs looking at it and thinking and trying to determine if what you said is actually true. Now that same sort of scrutiny does not exist in the integrative and sort of functional medicine world. So you could have people like me just getting on YouTube and saying, hey. Um, I found this cure for Hashimoto's and it's, you need to take X, Y, and Z or whatever. No, but I mean, eventually that'll catch up to them, right? But it's not the same, it's not taken in the same way as it is in the conventional world. So you have a lot of people, you know, you, you have, there's a wedge that's being driven or between these two camps. And so a lot of the conventional doctors don't like the integrative and a lot of the integrative don't like the conventional and so on. So it can be very confusing from the perspective of a patient. But what I recommend is you try and find somebody who is oriented in such a way that they have one foot in the conventional camp and one foot in the integrative so that they're, they take a more holistic approach and they're at least willing to look at other therapies because not everything is going to work for every single person. So that's just sort of how I think about it. So let's talk about natural therapies versus pharmaceutical therapies, which is just thyroid medication and whether or not they work. And look, I'll tell you this right now. It's incredibly hard to treat and, and reverse Hashimoto's thyroiditis completely. Just put that out there. It's very difficult. It's always treatable, and I can almost always improve, you know, the outcome of the patient and, and how they're feeling. I can almost always do that. But to completely take somebody and and remove or completely eliminate all the antibodies in their body, to normalize their weight, to get them off of thyroid medication, and to get them feeling 100%, that's incredibly rare. And I think it's said in a lot of places or, or implied in a lot of places that this is an easy thing to accomplish. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that it, it isn't. And so one of the, one of the things that I had the benefit of, of doing is looking at and treating hundreds of patients. You know, a lot of, a lot of people will write about their own experience and say, you know, here, look, I, this is how I cured my Hashimoto's. And everyone's like, oh, well, if I just do that, I can cure it. That's, no, I don't, I don't think that's a good way of looking at it because the people who are going to be writing about it are the ones on the, you know, the opposite end of the spectrum who have had the most amazing results possible. And so, of course, they're going to talk about it. But that's not, that's not a represent, representation of what actually happens in the middle, you know, outside of the outliers. So let's talk about why it is so difficult to treat. And, the, and part of this has to do with just how many different things cause Hashimoto. So you have, you know, iodine intake, drugs, infections, chemicals, your genes themselves. So how you were born, 
born and who you're born to. That all affects it. And then other things that are impacting your body. So things like things that, you know, you don't have control over your, your gender, your females, whether you're female or not, because we know females have a higher incidence of developing autoimmune disease, whether or not you've just had a baby, that's another big thing and so on. So there's a bunch of different factors that can trigger it. And not all of these things, um, you can actually, um, take care of. Like for instance, I give you this example. I say, if we looked at a hundred people and we gave those hundred people the same stressor, and in this case, it's a stressor that's a, um, sufficient enough to trigger Hashimoto's in certain people. And in this case, we'll just say it's stress. So like the death of a loved one, um, something like that. It could just be a really bad, really bad stressor. If we gave that stressor in this thought experiment to each of these 100 people, we would see a wide range of reactions to the exact same stressor. We would see some people who develop Hashimoto's thyroiditis. We would see some people, I don't know, maybe two or three out of a hundred or maybe one or two out of a hundred. We'd see another one or two out of a hundred who would develop some other Hashi or some other autoimmune disease. We would see some amount of people, maybe 20 or 30 people gain weight. We'd see some amount of people, maybe five to 10 lose weight. We'd see all these different reactions to, to the same trigger. And so that makes it very difficult to, to treat somebody because you really don't know for sure how they're going to react, even if it was the same trigger to all these people. So it's just, that's part of the reason why it's so difficult to treat. And so let's talk a minute for how likely it is to reverse your condition. Let's put some numbers on it. So like I said, in my experience, I would estimate that probably around 10% of the people who have Hashimoto's or less, I would, I'd say 10% is a fairly generous number. It's probably less than that have the chance to completely reverse their condition. Now, it's it's difficult because a lot of the people who come and see me are fairly advanced cases. So there probably are people out there who have like maybe a low-grade version of Hashimoto's that maybe were never diagnosed. They just feel a little bit crummy. They start eating healthy and taking some vitamins and nutrients and all of a sudden they're back to normal. Well, that could have been Hashimoto's, but nobody actually tested them, right? So that's why we have to give some wiggle room here. But of the people who come and see me, which are fairly advanced cases, I would say, and uh, you know, again, I have a bias sort of representation of who comes to see me. I would say that 10% is a generous number of those people that see me who can reverse the condition completely, who can, you know, get off of thyroid medication, who can um, get rid of all their antibodies in their blood and feel better and, and normalize their weight. If you feel that number is higher, I would, and you have a higher sampling of people that you've treated or looked at, feel free to post that information below. Um, you know, some people, but, but again, it's not like I'm not trying to treat these people. And that's what I was trying to tell you. So, or I, I've put in here, I put some information. So the, of the people that I've treated, I take an approach that look, that looks at, you know, high doses of certain supplements and probiotics, a various range of, of diets using the AIP or autoimmune protocol to ketogenic to, you know, metabolic diets and all kinds of diets in between. So I've tried all these diets on various people. I've tried treating gut issues like SIBO and IBS and fungal overgrowth and parasites and so on. Use detox protocols, use prescription medications such as low-dose naltrexone, treated chronic in infections such as EBV, um, and then use various thyroid medications like NDT, T3, and tyrosine. So I would say this is a fairly comprehensive approach to the, in the way that I've evaluated patients with, with Hashimoto's, and that's how I'm getting that 10% number. Now, don't let that concern you necessarily because... I would say almost 100% of people can get some improvement. And I would say, I would say somewhere between minor and moderate. So by minor, I am saying 20 to 30% from whatever is normal for you. That's very realistic. You know, absolutely can you get some improvement. And then some, you know, all the way up to major, some 80 to 80 to 90% improvement from whatever your baseline is. So I think that getting up to there is fairly easy, but completely reversing it, that's another story entirely. And I think that is, is more rare than I think we think especially if you're trying to get off thyroid medication altogether. So that's sort of the number here. Those are the numbers that I put to it. Again, if you have information and if you've treated more than 300 people and you have that information, please, by all means, you know, 
post it below so we can aggregate more data. But this is just not something that conventional doctors are looking at for the reasons I said below. Remember, as far as they're concerned, they're, they don't need to be treated. They don't need to treat it, right? They're just going to wait until your thyroid destroys itself, and then they'll give you thyroid medication. And they're fine with that approach um, because in most cases, they feel that using other medications such as steroids or the monoclonal antibodies that I mentioned would do more harm than good. So that's just sort of the nature of the beast and, and where we're at. But like I said, if you have any questions, leave them below. I know this is kind of a perhaps controversial controversial topic to some people, but I'd love to hear your opinions and comments, and, uh, and I'll do my best to answer all those within a couple days. And otherwise, I'll see you guys in the next one.